Hello again, friends, and welcome back to Construction Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and today we are going to talk about marketing benchmarks. Yeah, benchmarks, which is interesting because when you Google search this and put the word construction in it, that is not what you get, not what I'm giving you today. They're not the same thing. So what I want to give you today is the information that you need to make the best possible marketing decisions heading into this new year. But you know what's totally lame? I reviewed nine digital marketing benchmarks reports. Actually, no, that's not lame. That's really pretty awesome because I love looking at numbers and figuring out the method behind the madness and like finding clarity in them. But the lameness stems from only finding one just UNO report dedicated to construction marketing. The others don't even list construction as its own industry. Like what? A few grouped it with real estate. I could rant about that for a while because if anyone has worked in both construction and real estate, you know how far apart those two universes can be. And I started my company inside of a real estate office as an independent contractor doing marketing for an entire like real estate agency, like like 30 agents. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time marketing for both and I am keenly aware of the difference. So it was a total bummer. What I wanted to do was report like specifically on construction marketing benchmarks. But like I said, I only found one report dedicated to you. And it only surveyed 128 professionals, which is not a huge pool of data, but it is way better than nothing. So thank you so much, Builder Funnel, for taking this on. And I will use a lot of that data to like guide us through this discussion. It actually kind of made me want to make one, like do a benchmarking report for construction companies. I mean, it's not the worst idea I've ever had, really. And I could put it on my to-do list. I feel like it would be like the perfect icebreaker for all those awkward trade show conversations. Like I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just want you to tell me how you do your marketing so that way I can share it with the rest of the universe. That way they can learn from all of your awesomeness. I mean, this would be a great way to start a a conversation, right? Okay, so when I ask you that, (laughs) hopefully you'll say yes at the next trade show, right? Okay, so... The Builder Funnel Survey shares results from builders and contractors. Now, many of my clients and many of my listeners are commercial construction and transportation heavy highway construction. And I know there's certainly a difference in marketing strategies and challenges between the two, but I feel like there's enough similarities to warrant explaining what I found and what we can learn from it. Most of my clients mainly cite their main challenge as hiring. They can't find enough awesome people to work for them. And hiring is a B to C setup, right? It's business to consumer. While most of my clients, their main silo of business is business to business. So it makes sense that that shift to B to C marketing is a challenge. That's one of the reasons that it is so tricky to recruit for B2B companies because we, because I'm one of them, we're focused on attracting businesses, not necessarily just people as individuals, but consumers really are pushing for and reacting best to human-centered marketing, regardless of your product or service, which makes me ask myself, like, how different are we really? Like, if we all adopted a more human-centric approach to marketing, it would actually serve us all, right? 
Ah, so enough of those deep thoughts. <laughs> Let's get going. Let's get to business and we're going to talk through the data that you need to be able to make some great marketing decisions for the coming year. If you're a natural born marketer, you're one lucky son of a gun. If you're like most people, marketing, especially online marketing, is about as appealing as standing in a police lineup. The May Create team of creatives has transformed websites and digital marketing from craptastic to fantastic since 2005. Our podcast, Marketing with Purpose, makes sense of marketing so you can make purposeful decisions instead of carrying on with the same old crap you've been doing. And now your host, Monica Pitts, founder of May Create, with another episode on how to make your marketing not suck. I am definitely going to share all of the construction-specific data that I feel like is important with you. I'm also going to share my big-picture takeaways from digital marketing trends as a whole that the industry needs to pay attention to as you're making your marketing strategies this year. I'm going to touch on social media, video, print, inbound marketing, email marketing, and calculating ROI. Yeah, this is riveting. I know. All right, so let's start with social media. Here's the deal. Mind-blowing, I know. Most construction companies use social media. And by most, I mean over 86% surveyed by Builder Funnel reported using social media as a part of their marketing strategy. Here's the tough part, though. I'm really not sure how much ROI social media has for construction companies. And quite frankly, they don't either. But we'll talk more about that later when we talk about ROI. I do know if you're trying to hire people or sell to the general public, they're absolutely going to look for you on social media and make sure that you exist and that you're not a jerk. 71.6% of global internet users aged 16 to 64 use social media to research brands. That's the number now, 71.6%. And because of that, some type of social media presence to tell your story about how you engage with your community and how you respect and support your employees is really important for any company, especially construction companies. But I feel like how much time and energy that you dedicate to it really depends on your trade and who you're trying to attract. When asked how often construction companies post to social media, the majority, over 69%, reported posting at least once a week or more and over 10% post daily. But here's what's crazy. Sprout Social reported companies across all industries post an average of 11 posts a day. <laughs> what? Okay, so that's a lot. And I, I mean, I'm sure that if you're on Twitter or Pinterest, that's probably like a norm. But not all construction companies need to be on Twitter and Pinterest, right? So ultimately, your goal is to post enough to tell your story and show people that you're awesome, but not bore them with a bunch of randomness. So I think that the surveyed construction companies are actually on a great track with their posting cadence of up to once per day. And you should just leave over posting to other folks with less important stuff to do. So <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> okay, so moving on to video. Video is king, but... If video isn't your thing, I feel like you're still okay. Most of the reports that I read were all about video on social. They say it's the way to go. I mean, it makes sense. 
We see the truth of it in our own clients' social media reports. Video is usually their best performing type of content. And my nonprofit friends, they also report that video is their best post type as well. So it's not like some strange anomaly that all these reports are saying that video is king. But despite the fact that we all know it's great, 86% of posts on Facebook and even less on the other networks are videos. And I'm not trying to be Captain Obvious here and point out the reason for that disparity, but for real people, while video is super awesome, cool, it's also really time consuming to make. I mean, who has time to produce all of that video, right? So I feel like there's a silver lining. Almost all of the benchmark reports agree that video posts do outperform photo posts, but just not by much. So on Instagram, video posts actually get the lowest engagement rate, 1.45%. The best engagement rate on Instagram is carousel posts, which is 1.94%, followed closely by photo posts, which is 1.74%. So for those of you guys who don't know, um, engagement is any time that people like or comment or share something on a network. It's, it's, a, it's a blanket term for all the times that people interact with your content. And that carousel post that I just referenced on Instagram is just a group of photos put together that you can swipe through. Now, the highest average engagement for posts on Facebook are on photo and status posts. Yeah, and surprisingly, photo posts from Facebook pages are the most shared. 55.6% of the shared posts are photos, and that's of all the post types. So the moral of the story is, if video isn't in your wheelhouse, you can still get the job done, but you just can't live without photos, especially those with people's faces because they always do the best. Now, remodelers and home builders are both pretty focused on adding Instagram to their mix. 55% said Instagram was a content distribution channel they plan to add to their marketing efforts in the next 12 months. And I think that's perfect for them because they are so incredibly flush with images. I've actually seen some heavy highway construction companies that are doing a great job with their Instagram. It's really fun to watch. They're always posting really cool photos and videos of stuff that's going on on the job site. It's, it's fun and it gets a lot of engagement. Now, right now, the largest group of users on Instagram is 18 to 34 years old with slightly more males than females in that age range. So if you're trying to capture that age range of audience, then this could be a good spot to focus growth for your company as well. And if you're not sure what you're going to post about on social media or if you're kind of floundering and you're like, hey, I know I need to do social media for my construction company and I just don't know what to do, then I want you to watch retail because retail social media is by far the most engaged with social media in the networks, according to Gartner, which in short means people like it. So take note of the post styles and what makes people interact. Now I know what you're thinking. You're like, that seems very far-fetched, Monica. Like, what do we have to do with retail, right? Okay, but hear me out. If you're struggling to meet and reach younger audiences, then retail is a great study buddy because they have it down to a science. Retail leads social interactions per post on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and it's second on Facebook compared to other industries. 
So here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a few retail companies who also serve your target audience. Yeah, I mean, you could follow Carhartt. They have 2.9 million Facebook followers. Or Bass Pro, they have 3.34 million Facebook followers. Just, just follow those two to start and see what works in their social lineup. Try emulating posts that mirror the reasons that people follow brands in social media. People are following brands in social media to learn about new products or services, to stay up to date on company news, to be entertained, to read other people's reviews and experiences with the brand and to be inspired, right? So those are all things that you can share on social media too. And you can watch how those retail companies do just that. How do Carhartt and Bass Pro explain their products and services? How do they share their company news? How do they entertain people? How do they share positive reviews and comments with the public? How do they inspire people with their brand? How are they doing that? Another good one to watch is like Patagonia. They're always doing this. Um, North Face. So just think through the companies that you buy products from and follow them and watch what they're doing and ask yourself, could I do this? Could I spin this in a way that I could use this idea for my own company? Because remember that your social media, it isn't an ad. And those retail companies, they are not posting this stuff like an ad. It's the start of a conversation. They're not just saying, hey, buy this stuff. They're like, this is really cool, isn't it? You know? <laughs> so most people report using social media to stay in touch with their friends and family. So 48.6% of the people that use social media say that they use it to stay in touch with their friends and family. So we need to focus more on being a friend and sharing a story than being a salesman. And that is what those retail companies are doing so well right now. And what's so amazing about construction is that what you do every day may seem really normal to you, but it's not to everybody else. I mean, I'm boring. I sit in front of a desk. Right now I'm sitting in front of a desk with a microphone next to a window. I mean, how exciting is that, really? I mean, you guys have construction sites. That is cool. You have people moving around and doing stuff and big equipment that other people, they don't have. They have, they have computers and microphones, okay? <laughs> so you can take pictures and videos of the simplest things and they are way cooler than what most of the rest of us get to see on a day-to-day -day basis. So take a video of the view from the bucket truck. Show concrete pouring from a mixer. Catch a paver rolling over new asphalt. Showcase truck tires crunching on gravel, speed up or slow down pallets of construction materials being unloaded. Just keep your eyes peeled for all those moments and make your world come to life for others who aren't in it. So I know that I just said video is king, but if it isn't your thing, you're okay. But I do have to tell you that video marketing is trending and we talked about how in all the reports people are like, ooh, video marketing, it's the thing. But over 38% of the surveyed construction companies reported using video marketing, which is pretty stellar because people are consuming more video online now than ever. 93.4% of people watched some kind of video online this week. That's nuts, isn't it? So what is like the... Ugh, and why am I talking about video when I was just talking about social media? Well, because it's all really entwined, friends, because the next big thing in social media actually already exists. You might have heard of it. It's called YouTube. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't even think of YouTube as social media, and they also don't think about it as a search engine, but it's both. The only major growth in network usage reported in 2021 by Pew Research Center, and I love those guys, 
They conduct some great surveys. You should go check it out. It's so fun. They have all these charts. (laughs) Okay, I sound like a total dork. Anyway, the only major growth in network usage reported in 2021 was YouTube and Reddit. Do you know what Reddit is? I didn't know either. And so I went out. I heard about it on a podcast just about a month ago. I mean, I'd heard of it, but I hadn't seen it. And I heard it again and again. And I was like, oh, so maybe maybe I should just go check this out. And so I signed up for an account. And now I have like the cutest like avatar ever. And I still have no idea how on earth to use it. So if you know how to do it, please let me know. I would love to have you as a guest on my podcast so you can tell us all how to use Reddit since it's like apparently this awesome growing network that none of us, well, that I, am I everyone? No, so I can't say none of us, that I don't know how to use, right? Okay, so back to the point though. I digress. YouTube is a growing. So if you're doing videos, you need to put them out there. Your Facebook Lives can be broadcast on YouTube simultaneously if you use a streaming service like StreamYard. Plus, the network reaches like a really wide age range. It's used by a vast majority of adults under the age of 65. But more importantly, for you folks out there who are having hiring difficulties, 30% of YouTube's advertising audience are males aged 18 to 44 years old. 30%. That's, That's a lot. So your target audience is definitely out there. So if you are making videos someplace else, definitely upload your videos to YouTube because like I said earlier, it's also a search engine. It, it is a social platform because people can interact, but it's also the second largest search engine behind Google. And YouTube videos are showcased in search results in the biggest search engine. I'm sure you have heard of it. It is Google. And what's crazy is that the highest trafficked websites number one is google number two is youtube and number three is facebook yeah okay so clearly youtube can be an absolute win so upload those videos you can even stream your your lives on linkedin and out on youtube or to all three, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, just depending upon the networks that you find valuable for your company. Do you know what? I did it again. You know how every time I do these, you know how every time I do a numbered tips or ideas podcast and I end up with more than what I thought I was going to have? <laughs> yeah, I. so I thought I reviewed nine reports, but now I just saw a 10 annotation as a reference So I actually reviewed 10 reports. Yes. I digress though. So I lied to you to begin with. I looked at 10 different benchmarking reports and now I will stop talking about that and I will talk about print, which is apparently dying. Oh, so (laughs) that's not super surprising, is it, to anybody? But there's actually remarkably less print than I would have expected among the surveyed participants. So 30% or less of the surveyed participants use print marketing tactics, according to BuilderFunnel. The majority of surveyed participants agree that paid advertising is the most overrated marketing tactic. (laughs) So there's that too. But I really wonder if print includes printed banners for trade shows and billboards and yard signs and those types of print items because 
I still see many of my construction companies, including my own clients and myself, investing in those types of print marketing annually. I think that they're still really good investments for our companies. If you're going to trade shows to meet people, you need to have a nice banner. It needs to look great, right? And so if that's included in print and I mean and it's dying out, then that's that's a big that's a big problem. Anyway, so I wondered if they meant print advertising is they're not yeah, because it says print marketing. But is a brochure print marketing? I mean, I think it is. Anyway, so that one's Not surprising that people aren't placing as many ads in magazines, but I would be surprised if people aren't still investing some money in printed materials to give away at trade shows and sponsored events and that kind of a thing. All right, so enough about print. Now we know, and we can start talking about inbound marketing, which is what they're doing instead of print marketing. Okay, so for those of you who haven't heard inbound marketing versus outbound marketing so outbound marketing is more like paid advertising you're interrupting people to gain their attention so if you sent out a mailer if you did a tv commercial or ran a radio spot those were all outbound types of advertising and there's outbound advertising online as well like if you send an email that is technically outbound advertising because you're pushing your message out If you're running ads to hire for a job or if you're running ads to sell a service, even in a digital medium, so if you're running Google ads, that is outbound marketing because you're pushing them out. Now, I think, well, I say Google ads. I mean, the display ads are definitely outbound marketing. But if someone is searching for something in Google and your Google search ads display because they were looking for it, then I'm not sure I would consider that outbound marketing because you're not interrupting them. You're just paying to be on the top spot whenever they want something that you have. So that doesn't really feel like it would be outbound marketing. I think that would be inbound. Okay, enough (laughs) rumination on that one. So between 70 and 75% of the construction companies surveyed by Builder Funnel primarily conduct inbound marketing, which means that they're not placing those ads They're using marketing like social media, blogging, YouTube, and podcasting to drive traffic back to their site. So they're letting people find them when they need answers. And note that people research more and more now online than they ever have before. They come to you very educated most of the time about the thing that they're going to purchase. And the information that they're using to educate themselves, it had to come from somewhere right? It comes from companies just like yours who are answering questions. I will talk more about that in a second when we talk about blogging and how that's tied into inbound marketing. But 48% of the companies surveyed by Builder Funnel said that they felt like inbound marketing works better for their companies than outbound marketing. They report inbound leads as the most successful, highest quality leads, which is probably why they feel like inbound is the most successful, right? I mean, if it's getting you good leads, keep doing it, friends. Okay, so 50% of the surveyed companies are blogging, which is great because their number one goal is to generate traffic and leads to their website. And blogging, especially if it's well-planned, is going to do absolutely that for your company. I know, that's how we get our leads in is through blogging and and podcasting and doing all the things that we're doing right now, having this conversation that we're having right now. So over 49% reported blogging at least one time a month and some companies reported blogging over five times per month and like hats off to them because anybody who's ever written a blog before knows how long it takes to create 
something like that, right? Now, blogging is a numbers game. And the more quality information that you publish, the more traffic you will get to your site. So while you certainly can increase traffic over time publishing as little as one blog post per month, and I've seen it happen in my own clients, I've watched them year over year, and they definitely increase traffic to their site even just by posting one new thing a month to their website. If you want to get more traffic faster, you need to publish more. Because the more you publish, the faster you'll get the traffic, right? It's a compounding effect. So if you're considering starting a blog, I really think that you should start with a goal of like two blog posts per month. So just start there and you can see if it's it's attainable. And if not, you can always back off to one a month. But you're going to reach your goal of more website traffic faster if you post more. And now before I stop talking about blogging, I just want to remind you of all the opportunities that you have to add regular content to your website because I've been talking about blogging and for some people when I say that B word, they just shut down. They're like, oh Monica, I've got nothing to blog about. But I want you to think about any type of content that you can add to your site on a regular basis to share your story with potential customers and potential hires because all of that content counts as blog posts. I'm using that in air quote. All of that content counts as blog posts. They might just not live in your blog, but they're all extra content building out the framework of your site and they all generate traffic back to your site. So I would start by talking to your salespeople and ask them about commonly asked questions during the sales cycle and the most common reasons that people give them for not wanting to buy because this is a cornucopia of great blog topics and they will come together as more traditional style blog posts and then think about the questions that your customers ask on a regular basis when you're serving your customers what are you explaining time and time again and write a post about that that will also be something that is a traditional blog feeling topic or you could put them into the frequently asked questions section of your website too you can highlight an employee of the month you can share a story about a problem that you overcame on a job site or you can publish recently completed projects. You can even write an article about your company's community service. Because I know that you have an amazing story to tell and you can use your blog to share that story. And then you can post about it all on social media too. And you can send an email telling people about it. See how it all kind of like snowballs together and becomes a plan? Yeah, okay. So speaking of emails, let's talk about email marketing. Email marketing is about half and half of the construction companies surveyed. So if you have a regular email cadence, keep up the good work. <laughs> between 52 and 55% of the builders surveyed by Builder Funnel use email marketing. And between 6 and 11% think it's totally overrated. <laughs> so that's, oh boy. Okay, but here's what I do know about email marketing. You can't expect to build a relationship when you're only talking to a person because you absolutely have to. And most companies fail at email marketing because they only email their list every once in a while. And so they're not actually building and nurturing an audience. They're, they feel guilty about contacting them. Do you feel guilty about calling your mom? No, she's happy to hear from you. If you don't ever call your mom, then you're like, oh man, what do I even talk to this lady about, right? Okay, but if you have a contact with her regularly, then you know what she's doing on a regular basis and you can talk to her, okay? And so if the number one goal is to drive traffic to your site, but you never give yourself the opportunity to talk to these people again, 
then what are you doing? That's like ridiculous. Why would you even do all that work to blog and drive people to your site if you won't ever have the opportunity to talk to those people again? Do you really think that just because they saw this one blog post, they're gonna be like, man, I need to call this person. I need to work with them. That's not how it works. You have to nurture these relationships and build them. You don't just shake somebody's hand at a trade show and expect them to be like, that's it, we're doing business together. They may say that. But what do you have to do? We've all done sales before, right? You have to call that person. You have to talk to that person. They're not generally just going to call you and be like, hey, remember how we shook hands at that trade show? I really need this service. That's not usually how it works. You have to develop a relationship with them. You have to reach out. And that's what the email marketing can do to you and for you. So if you're making social posts and adding to your blog already, you have everything that you need to create a monthly or weekly newsletter. And sending emails is cheap. That's why the reported ROI is so high (laughs) because it's so cheap to send them. Now, Campaign Monitor reports that construction, real estate, and design, no, no, I do not know why they group real estate with you, but whatever, (laughs) that those companies have an average of a 19.7% open rate, which is right in the middle of most of the industries. It's not really low, it's not really high, it's right in the middle and a 3.5% click rate, which is actually among the highest. So people do wanna hear from you and they're interested in what you have to say. They, They even like to hear from you more than they like to hear from me, a lowly web design agency. So my advice to you is to shoot for just one email a week. If you're sending one long email newsletter currently, like if you're doing it quarterly or monthly, you can break it into smaller chunks and send it with a unique descriptive subject line. I just finished an email experiment. I ran the same experiment a few years back and I got the same results, but I wanted to see if things had changed. I know I'm crazy, but I just wanted to know, like, is there a better way to do what I'm doing? So I sent a series of newsletter style emails to my audience with a general newsletter style subject line. So they had more than one topic per email and they had a cutesy, curiosity, inspiring subject line. They're like, hey, four tips plus awesome, more things inside, yay. Anyway, okay, so here's what I found each time I conduct this experiment. When I use the cutesy general subject lines, people are most likely to open the email. So they're more likely to open the email if I have this creative, like cutesy subject line. But, but, they're not as likely to click on the content. Hmm. But when I send a single topic email, people are less likely to open the email because they can tell what's inside of it before they open it. And once they open it, they are more likely to click. The number of clicks across the two types of emails is the same. Okay, so here's my thought. It takes way less time to make a single subject email, like way less time, because I actually automate it with an RSS feed, so it actually takes me no time at all once it's set up, and you can do the same thing. Like, if you can check Facebook, you can do it, and I have other, like, blog posts and podcasts dedicated to just this topic, so I'm not going to go in depth in it. Just know that it's possible, okay? Go ask your marketer to set you up an RSS email automation. It's so cool. Anyway, and so then I get in front of my audience more often because I'm sending more emails. They see my name, my company name in their inbox more often. It's an ad, right? But it's way cheaper. I'm going to say that again. It's an ad, but it's way cheaper, Mm-hmm. See? So you, <laughs> and the number of people who actually click is the same. So why would I put all that extra time into making those longer newsletter style emails that take a long time to build? Why would I do that? 
if the number of people that click is actually the same and I can have them see my name in their inbox more often like an ad but way cheaper yeah so ask yourself the same question and then like when you experiment with it try not to let those lower open rates like freak you out Okay, friends, so the last thing, the last thing that I want to share with you is that if you are a marketer and you've been trying to calculate ROI on stuff and you've been trying to like look and just like massage the numbers to really figure it all out, I want to let you know that everybody else also thinks that calculating it is a pain in the butt. It's a pain. It's not easy. (laughs) So of the builders surveyed by Builder Funnel, over 35% said that one of their biggest challenges for marketing was proving the ROI of their marketing activities. So it's not surprising that over 40% of the people who were surveyed couldn't calculate their best type of marketing or they just straight up didn't know. Knowing your return on investment for your marketing, it's a struggle. It's like a struggle for everyone. It's even a struggle for me and I am a like techie marketer. So you would be like, oh yeah, well Monica, she should be able to figure this out. It's not always easy. Like the tracking is not straightforward. You should see my maze of tracking that I have set up between Airtable and Zapier and WordPress and MailerLite. I mean, it's like crazy. It's it's like a, it's a maze, right? And there are so many different ways to track. It is an ever-evolving process because your systems are always going to be changing and the data regulation is adjusting all the time. So you have to be continually experimenting and adjusting and working on it. But please don't give up. And I'm actually very heartened to see that over 45% of the people who surveyed do review their marketing data at least one to two times a month. Those are the construction companies that reported back to Builder Funnel about their activities. So 45% review their marketing data at least one or two times a month. So if you're not doing it, you really do need to. You cannot understand your ROI if you don't look at the data. It's impossible. So my advice is to start with a system that allows you to analyze the data at a big picture level easily. Because if you're always trying to dig through multiple tracking systems to figure it all out, you won't ever do it because it is a colossal time suck to do it I'm in those systems regularly and I try to stay out of them because the second I get into Facebook I forgot why I was there right and it's just like just sucks you in it's the same thing with Google Analytics and any of the other programs that are tracking for you individually instead look for something like a dashboarding system Scyph is a good one that taps easily into like with a click taps into Um, multiple different social media platforms especially Facebook it also will attach to Google Analytics and you can make these dashboards that just let you look at your data on a monthly basis and sort it also Google Data Studio does great with all the Google products so if you're running a lot of Google ads or if you're using Google Analytics that's a good one to use and I also use Airtable so I suck all my data out from other places I plunk it into Airtable and I create all my charts and graphs and stuff there in their dashboards and they just improved their dashboarding system and and it's awesome so Scyph, Google Data Studio, or Airtable can be really good systems that are very cost-effective to start with. As a matter of fact, Google Data Studio is free. Airtable starts at like, I don't know, $10 to $15 a month. I can't remember what Scyph is. 
I don't remember because we bought into it like a million years ago. I bought a million. Okay, so six when it was way less expensive than it is now. But they're all really good systems that you can create a dashboard for yourself and your team to review on a monthly basis to get familiar with your numbers. And then you can decide where you want to dig in to further investigate your cause for deviations, whether they be good or bad in your marketing. So while everybody does feel like calculating ROI is a PIA, and it's just not easy, and I get that. Like, reviewing the data is not easy. But it's a necessary evil. But the good news, the good news is that from the Builder Funnel survey, most of the construction companies that they surveyed feel like they have an effective marketing strategy and somewhere between 70 to 75% said their marketing strategy is effective. So that's good. They gotta be reviewing something or be pleased even if you're just looking at your bottom line and it's growing, something has to be going right, right? So, whew, there you have it friends. Those are my takeaways for you from not nine, but 10 different marketing benchmark reports. I'm typing it, you can hear me typing it. Um, And I have links to those reports that I referenced throughout this podcast in our blog. So if you go to maycreate.com, it's out there. And then you can click on them and you can download them and you can read them all yourself. Yes, and if you have good ones, please send them my way. And if you're interested, I really do think that I'll probably survey people and see if I can get like a couple hundred folks to tell me what they're doing with their marketing right now. Because next year, I'd really like to release some some stellar information to you folks. I think that would be great. So I just want to wrap this up by saying thank you so much for your time today. You know I always love geeking out over data and sharing this stuff with you. I hope that now you have some information that maybe you didn't have before that you can use to make some stellar marketing decisions for 2022. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast or if you learned a thing or two, please review us. Let us know how we're doing. That's how we meet other people just like you. That's what makes this inbound marketing, right? That people can search for answers and find them. But the only way that I can guarantee that I'm going to show up in front of other people is if folks like yourself go out and review the podcast and say that we don't suck. So go out, review Construction Marketing with Purpose, tell people that I am not some misinformed jerk and that they should give us a listen and that would help me meet more people just like you. I'd really appreciate it. I'm signing off. My name is Monica Pitts and until next time, go forth and market with purpose. Thanks again for listening to Marketing with Purpose. Head over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Yeah, you heard me right, M-A-Y-E, create.com. For podcast notes and more resources to grow your business. Don't let your marketing suck. Get your pride on. Market with Purpose.